As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsang with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here. Hello, it's all coming back to you now, isn't it? Yeah, I started. I got into that phrase and I thought, how do I say this? But it just came naturally. Um, first podcast of 21-22. Season. season. That's right. Yes. Yeah, the season. That's correct. And, and you know what's what's I'm interested big time. I, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the season in the sense that there are so many new stories and so many new people to learn. Mm. And I'm wondering if you're like, I don't know Adam Boakvist. I've read the scouting reports. I don't know Jake Bean, right? I don't know. I don't know what Jake Voracek has become in his time away from Columbus. I'm excited to see Cole Sillinger, um, Igor Shinikov. I'm excited. To, there's there's so many unknowns with this team. Um, they may not be that great. They may not be even in the middle of the standings this year. There's a lot of intrigue heading into the season, Allison. We're going to spend this episode kind of looking back at the at the big moments of the offseason and how we got to today. But just an overall from you, if you would, uh, your sense your sense of curiosity and anticipation as we're now a couple of weeks away from from Blue Jackets training camp. Yeah, I mean, I I blanket statement. I'm impressed with how the organization took steps to, to right the ship, if you will. Um, I think they made a lot bigger steps than, than I thought they could. And I don't mean that about them. I think any organization in that state uh, yeah. with those decisions. So uh, a great off season, um, which buoys 
things, I think. But yeah, I'm not, it, it's funny, you and I have talked about this. I, when I think about the, the players I know in the room now, one of them is the one who just came back, Jake Voracek, more so right. than a lot of the guys. Because right. we didn't, we weren't in, in locker rooms last year. And no. um, I, I think, I think, honestly, the offense, whatever. But I'm curious mostly to see how the defense sorts out. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I'm really curious. I know we'll get into this, the goaltending. Very curious yeah. there. Yeah. So let, let's do like a, a, before we get into the big events of the summer and how they get us there, let's just do like a quick flyby at each forward defenseman and goaltending spot. Because I look at the forwards and I'm curious as to what you think about this. I look at their wingers and I say, that's a collection. I look at who I think are their wingers. And this is part of the uncertainty. There's a there's a collection of established, respected NHL players there. I mean, you're looking at Voracek, Nyquist, Line A, Bjorkstrand. Now I think you can safely put there. Boone Jenner, potentially. That's, that, that's a pretty good start if all of those guys are wingers. Allison, the tricky part now is trying to figure out who makes sense with with those guys in any combination down the middle. And, and I, I think this is going to be a constant state of flux this year. There's going to be some real difficult nights where some lessons are learned. Hopefully I'm not sure Jack Roslovic makes a ton of sense between Voracek and line a, unless there have been major changes to his game this, this off season, he's put in the work from what everyone has said. That's a good sign. I'm not sure Texier, I don't know who their number one center is, Allison, and I don't know who their number two centerman is. I think that's a little rich for Jenner or Corrali. There's a lot of uncertainty down the middle, and I think that that I, pretty obviously their future at the top center and second center are Kent Johnson and, and Cole Sillinger, and we'll find out in the next couple of years how soon they're ready. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's why I kind of, <laughs> with all respect, skimmed over the forwards. I mean, I think in past years when we've tried to look at what makes sense from a lineup perspective, you're like, yee. Um, I think this year is a yee, but yes, everywhere. But, in, but, but intentionally a little, if, if that makes yeah. sense. Because I, to your point, I think this is building towards when it makes sense. Yeah. And I think this is going to be. If we thought Tortorella's lines were crazy, I think this is going to be a very patchwork forward year. And I, I let let's see what they do. I don't know that I have expectations for this group, and that's yeah. not to minimize them. I just think it's this is a work in progress, particularly on that side of the ice. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a lot of interesting pieces on defense. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. But boy, it, you're so used to seeing number eight with number three. Number three is gone now. You're so used to seeing Gavrikov with Savard, and Savard's gone now. Allison, the right side, top two pairs. Uh, I think there are potential answers there. There are no certain answers right now. That's really going to be – that could be in as big a state of flux as they are at forward, at least at the start of the season. Oh, yeah. But I, but I think, you know, to your point, I, this is why I'm a little more intrigued here because I think – a lot more of the, at least right now, perceived future pieces are in in the room, and it's figuring out where they fit. Um, but but I'm 
I'm excited. I'm a little bit more excited about kind of the maturity, I guess, in terms of being ready on the blue line. And I'm really, 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 really fascinated to see what Zach Wierenski brings this year after he comes out and says, with, with all respect, I'm, I'm stepping out of Seth Jones shadow. I I'm, I'm, I'm over the Seth with Zach, Zach with Seth show. Um, I think this is going to be a fascinating development from a guy who I have always found very interesting on and off the ice. And I really like seeing this evolution in his approach to his game perspective wise. And so I'm very interested to see what he does on the ice this year. I was told recently that the Seth Jones, the Wierenski stepping out of Seth Jones's shadow was nothing more than a media narrative. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said that. Whoa. No, he said it first. The <laughs> players right. said it first. That's right. And, and respectfully. Res- totally respectfully. And, and he was really clear about it. Yes. Um, it wasn't in any way a shot against Seth. No. But, it was. but no, nor was it. We were, no one was making shit up about it either. <laughs> he no. He said it. Well, and can't, and isn't it, is it not identifiable to anyone if you're always lumped with someone? Yeah. No matter how much you like them, no matter how much of a good team you make or whatever it is, you still want to be seen for who and what you are. Yes. And, and I have zero issue with that and I like it. So, and, and I think those two are, listen, we had the pleasure to cover those two together for the entirety of Zach's NHL career. And I would never, I, you couldn't get me to take a bet where I would say that there was any bit of lack of more than 100% respect and, and appreciation and friendship between those two from what yep. I've seen. Same read here. Same read here. Uh, goaltending, Elvis Merzlikens and Jonas Corposalo. My God, Allison, they're still here. <laughs> and I mean, boy, I, if the Blue Jackets were going to move Corposalo this summer, that seemed to be the indication. Yes. The trade market just cratered when Nadelkovich, who had a really good season, doesn't have the experience that Corpusalo has, but he has better numbers, uh, landed what he got in, in return from Detroit to Carolina. And the Blue Jackets reached a point where they, they weren't going to trade Corpusalo just to trade him and find themselves in a position where now they needed a goalie and they'd have to give up maybe more for a goalie than they got for Corpus Salo in return. What's the point of this? They've right. got two good goaltenders. They punted to the last year. This is not ideal, but I, I'm not sure that both of the I, a trade could still happen, of course, if there's an injury throughout the league, but they're still here. You wonder if anything's changed with the pecking order. The early indications are that if, if a goalie gets hot, he will be allowed to carry the net 50, 60, start so it's going to be performance based nothing given nothing ever is back to backs maybe they switch it up with guys um but they're both still here what are your thoughts on that position yeah well i mean i know we're not supposed to care but i part of me does feel for both of these guys right because this is not this is not where this was supposed to be at this point and i think that you and i have spoken about this you know off the show for for two players who are 27 this should they should who are who have reached the accomplishments each has they should not be in a battle for the one two spots in my opinion yeah and and that's it's look this was not like an intentional whatever screw you from the organization it is what it is but you know i and again i i don't know i i struggle particularly if this season isn't 
one to gun for the postseason it necessarily. The performance-based side of it is, is a struggle because we know particularly Elvis is a player, and he said this in his interview to you, he he thrives when he knows his role. Um, and I have always said with these two that if they're both here, it should be every other night. That's the deal. Every other night, this is how we go because I think to a point they've both earned that. Um, and I just, I just worry now if we're at this point where it's performance-based and we're nitpicking – two goaltenders behind a defense that's a work in progress and a offense that's going to be trying to figure out ways to put the puck in the net. I, I mm, don't love it. It is what it is, but I would love to see maybe some more intentional management of these two, even if they know which one, even if they, the organization know which one they think is the better player. Yeah. And the, the tricky thing now for both of these guys is they're both 27 years old. Exactly. They're not 23. Right. And uh, you could say a, that a portion of their prime has been spent sharing. Yep. Um, a portion of, of Elvis's prime, of course, was spent in Lugano waiting for an opening here. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of situations where it would not it would not be as gracious as it has been. Correct. And uh, you know, you I will obviously we'll monitor it as the season goes along. We'll see where it goes. But I don't think either player could be faulted if it if it if it became a difficult situation. You're 27 years old. You only get so much time to play this game. That's right. And and you can be patient. Um, you can be patient in a very good way. You can also be patient for yourself to a fault. Hundred percent. I this has gone on a while now. Um, so that'll it's going to be interesting. Let's go back and look at we've we've highlighted three really big moments here, um, and then we'll 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 talk on a on a fourth moment as well, but. The moment that really steered this organization's offseason. And I've thought about this. There is no there is no begin point and end point to a rebuild. Correct. You don't have to look any further than Buffalo to, to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, there is no exact science. Detroit's taken a while too. It's the draft picks you get, it's what you need, it's the holes you have to fill, it's how you hit the draft picks, yada yada. But if you just for the sake of argument or discussion, say that it's five years. And we, we've talked about, I think we dedicated entire programs to this. There was a huge benefit to the Blue Jackets, the way Seth Jones handled his situation. Mm-hmm. Immense. That allows them, they didn't arrive at rock bottom and then say, okay, we got to change some things up here. They were able to make the read, and you could extend this to Felino and Savard too at last year's trade deadline. There's some changes that need to be made here, but now's the time to do it. And let's cash in some pretty big chips while we have them. And Allison, I go back to that, the first round of this year's draft, that Friday night in Nationwide Arena, where the Blue Jackets in the hours before the, the, the draft traded Seth Jones to Chicago, along with their later first round draft pick. For an earlier first round draft pick this year, number 12 overall, and the Blackhawks first round draft pick next year, and a second round pick. They immediately flipped the second round pick to Carolina for defenseman Jake Bean, who becomes a very important return piece with Jones going out of town. Mm-hmm. And it 
this is part of why that Friday night felt so magical to me. I, I, I couldn't help but leave the building that night thinking, this is probably one of the most important nights in franchise history. The, the return pick they got in this year's draft from Chicago was number 12 overall, which is exactly where they needed to be to take Cole Sillinger, who they really, really liked. And I'll say it again. It's the perfect little phrase. John Gross, when he was drafted, said it's like he was born to do it. I'm not sure how great an NHL player Cole Sillinger is going to be. I know he's going to be an NHL player. And it, it feels as though they have transformed their organization uh, in large part on that Friday. They also take Kent Johnson, which should not be overlooked, number five overall in the draft. That's probably their top two centers if we look ahead three years down the road. Mm -hmm. um, just a huge night for them. Maybe a top pairing defenseman, maybe their top two centers. Just your thoughts on that Friday evening and how it dictated uh, the start of the summer for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, I, I have said, you know, when that <laughs> when that trade went down for Seth Jones, that was an impressive haul. That was an impressive, impressive job by Yarmo Kekalainen and his team to get the return they did. If honestly, for me, that was enough of a move that won the night for me already. That 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 was excellent. Um, and you know what else I like about it is Seth certainly handled this professionally and as best as he could. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was handled in such a way that even though there are still people who are saying, you know, everyone wants out of Columbus, right. the narrative was erased from that moment um, because of the success, at least right now, as it's viewed, of that trade. And I think that that's a huge thing for this organization, too, as they seek to erase that stigma, whether it's justified or not. So I, th I think that that for me was the night. Um, you know how I feel about <laughs> drafting players <laughs> but i think that you know those who know these players are are testifying to their abilities and i think that you know as we get to some of these other steps and chips that fell i think that what they did also sent a very clear message to the rest of the player community both those that are currently with columbus and those who may choose to come to columbus in the future it, it sent a message of the plan the path and a rough time frame. And I think that that was a huge side benefit as well. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now the next day came a trade that was... Wolf. That caught a lot of people... Um, how can I say this? With their literally one involved person with his pants down. 
Oh boy. Um, yeah, Cam Atkinson traded to Philly for Jake Voracek. That's a that's a bit of a shocker. Now, it it, it must be held up in this light at least momentarily. This organization has said, um, at times a, a touch snottily, if I may, that they want players who want to be Blue Jackets. Yes. And with that trade, Allison, they moved away the player. <laughs> the one guy. <laughs> who may have been louder than any other. Yes. About his love of this city. There's plenty of players have professed their love of the city and mean it genuinely. Uh, Cam Atkinson was invested both emotionally and um, financially in in the doings of this city beyond just drawing his paycheck from the Blue Jackets. Yes. Um, that's what made this one so hard for some people. Uh, to swallow, and it probably, probably should should be a hint to the Blue Jackets to lay off the loyalty bullshit um, in their messaging here for the next year or so. Thoughts? Well, I mean, I think that they should lay off that bullshit period because they ever since even they did the whole big thing with the opening night video with loyalty and eighteen thousand foot letters on the screen, they were trading players right after that too. So please, like, let's let's not do this. Um, but yeah, it was a shock. And I think I, you know, it, it's definitely a shock. The reasons why makes sense to me. I can appreciate the reasons for the trade. I can appreciate the soundness of the trade, but I think that it should be a testament to Cam Atkinson, the player and Cam Atkinson, the person that the impact was so significant. I mean, the guy was in the arena literally less than 24 hours prior signing autographs for fans. So you know, I think I think that Cam should, and we've debated this before when we've talked about other things. You know, Cam is Cam is second only to Rick Nash in quite a few stat categories and owns some of his own for the franchise. And I think he should remain as one of those top beloved Blue Jackets, regardless of where he finishes out his career. And the reaction proves proves that that is in fact the case. Yeah, and I think I think you can look at that trade and what it means now. Again, we're looking back, but also looking forward. It, I think it works for them on two fronts, and the first part needs to be handled delicately here. This was not a situation where they wanted Cam out of the room necessarily. Nothing suggests that. But they wanted a whole different – they felt like the veteran players here had their crack. Yep. And so they wanted to turn it over to a whole new group. Yep. And that's probably easier to do if you don't have the longest tenured player here. That was part of it. The other part is that that they wanted a playmaker. Yep. And if you look at the way they're constructed up front with line A, he's a shooter. Um, with Atkinson, he's a shooter. Bjorkstrand's a shooter. Now these guys can make passes, of course, but their their draw, their their number one line on their resume is is how they shoot the puck. Yes. Someone and it's not going to come from the middle ice as we as we've already discussed. Someone's got to breathe some life into this team uh, creatively. Um, it's with the ability to, to make plays and create. Jake Forcheck is more that kind of player certainly than than Cam Atkinson is. He's a he's a setup guy. He loves to wheel and deal the puck. And I, I think there's a third point here. Um, they made a couple moves in this regard. I think Jake Forcheck helps your your power play. Oh, for um, sure. Because he's a guy that can open up the ice with his passing, and he he loves the seam pass. 
Um, Allison, we shouldn't get as excited about seam passes as we do in the press box. They're just so goddamn rare on the power play. We come out of our seats when they happen. Um, he's got that ability and, and maybe that helps the power play too. Well, we should get excited about those seam passes because they are a pass across what, Aaron? Oh, it's something like the Boulevard of... Oh, my Lord. Come on. Royal Road. You stop. Royal Road. Yes. Royal Road. But no, and you know, I think that, that I agree with everything you said. And I think, too, that's that's part of this also is that, honestly, at this point, there's was pretty much no way that this, this power play was going to fix itself unless you brought in a whole bunch of new faces. So they've done that. Exactly. Um, and they've also, you know... We talked about this a little bit when Nick Foligno left, you know, in some ways did, and Cam Atkinson never said this, but did Cam Atkinson want to finish out his career putting through a a rebuild? I don't know. Right. So, so the guy gets a a shot too and, and good for him for getting that. So, um, and, and I think it is kind of a fun narrative because when Jake left Columbus, that was under such ultimately negative circumstances. And there was always the what if, what if, what if. And so there's, there's some fun romanticism in that, in that he's coming back, returning to where it all started. And, and he'll certainly bring some personality to the, the room and the team. And, and they can use that for sure. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then came the first day of free agency. I was going to say July 1st. I have no idea what day free agency. It, it, yes. No clue. But on that first day of free agency, Allison, the blue jacket sign, and this is something I don't know if we talked about this six months ago or eight months ago. Exactly. This is something you could almost uh, see coming down Fifth Avenue. Um, Sean Corrali. Yes. Um, really one of the beloved players in that Boston room. Uh, respect, so respected by some of the great veterans on that team. Of course, a Columbus native. He grew up in Dublin, uh, played at Miami. He, he comes back to Columbus as a free agent signing. And I, I think, and I think most people would agree, this is your third or fourth line center. He's going to play more here than he did in Boston. One would assume he's going to take tons of important draws and 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 be the first guy over the boards uh, when available on the penalty kill. He's going to be a heart and soul player here. But this is a guy who could have signed in a lot of different places, including back with Boston. Wanted to be a Blue Jacket wanted to come home and play for his hometown team. Uh, you can't hear that enough when you're the organization that's gone through what the Blue Jackets have gone through the last few years. Yes, I agree. I think it was the contract is perhaps a little rich for my blood financially um, for the role probably being what you have outlined. And, you know, I also I'm curious to see where his game is at. I know his skating has maybe fallen off a little bit after the past couple of years, but I in no, may, no way want to diminish who he is. I, th- again, to your point, this is not a, this isn't the top line center coming in either, right. right? We have to manage our expectations, but I like the signing. I would have perhaps liked to see a little bit less of a sticker price, um, but it's a good addition. And we even see him now already, connecting with the community, connecting back with the AAA organization. And again, when you have to peddle things besides wins, because you're in a rebuild, you have to peddle hope and you have to peddle stories. And they're doing hope with what they did in the first two steps we talked about. And now we're seeing the stories come in that help keep people connected to this organization as they go through what they need to go through to come back into contention. 
Yeah. And I think a guy like Corrales is just so important. A guy who's been through some just massive games. Oh, yeah. Boston and has learned. He has learned from Patrice Bergeron. Yes. Right. I mean, he has learned from Zdeno Chara through the years. Um, he's probably he's learned some some really valuable lessons from one of the most successful franchises in this in this league the last few years. And think of the impact. And and he's so if you've if you've spent time with him, you know that there's such an earnestness and down to earthiness about him that I can't help but think that that the next generation, Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, are going to be to Corrali what Corrali was to to Bergeron and those guys. Mm-hmm. They can learn a lot from the, he, they're gonna they're gonna have talents that that Sean Corrali would kill to have high end skill he would love to have had in his tool shop, but he can teach them a lot about being a pro and the right way to play. And I don't think you can have enough guys like that in the room, especially the situation they're in. Um, and the, the last key moment of the off season that we've highlighted to talk about in terms of what it means to this season coming um, is may, I don't know, maybe more surprising than the Cam Atkinson trade. Oh boy. Um, Zach Wierenski signing a massive contract extension. Allison. Yes. I think the question that surfaced when Seth Jones left town was when does Wierenski leave? Not does he, <laughs> but he's gone. I remember us, we've probably talked about it on this podcast too. It drove me crazy. Some of the, the he's going to go to Detroit. And I'm like, where's that coming from? And I've talked to people who said, I don't think it's, I don't think Wierenski's like, I don't think he's against the idea of playing in Detroit, but I certainly don't think he's counting the days where he can leave Columbus for Detroit. Right. But that assumption was made based on the excitement he showed or shared with people heading into his first game in Detroit. But anyways, he signs a massive extension. And we talked about that first, first round on Friday. I felt like being able to draft those two centermen early in the first round and adding a defenseman, by the way, uh, Corson Kuhlman's late in that first round. These should all be very, very impactful NHL players. Certainly the Blue Jackets hope so. Um, and that took a year off their rebuild, at least as far as I see it, if those guys pan out. I think the Wierenski extension does the same thing. Now you don't have to draft a top defenseman in a year or so when Wierenski would have left. Now you don't have to develop one and hope that they turn into a difference-making player like Wierenski is. Him signing an extension, A, sends a huge message across the league about players wanting to stay in Columbus. This is an all-star player. But B, I think it takes years off of their rebuild, and it gives them something you have to have if you're going to build, which is an anchor. He gives them an anchor on the back end that they can build around. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it it was funny whenever we heard those Detroit narratives. I, sometimes I feel like people fall into the lazy tropes of easy stories. And yeah, the kid was excited to go play in Detroit. Who's not excited to go back and play where they grew up? Right. I, that I don't, I mean, come on. And, you know, with all due respect, as you outlined when we started talking about rebuilds, I never saw Detroit being a team that a player in his prime is going to want to go to right now. No offense. They're just not ready. 
They're just not ready. Why are you going to go sign with Detroit now? It never made any sense to me. I never. Now, did it make sense to me that Zach was going to want to go play elsewhere? It did <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and so to me, in addition to the reasons you outlined, I think that what was most impressive to me about Zachary signing is the statement of belief or I, I, authorization might be too harsh of a word, but the, the approval to say, yeah, th- the plan they've got in place is a good one. Um, and Correct. to hear, to hear that coming from someone who doesn't have to say those things, someone who from the little that we know, Zach is not going to go out there and say some PR bullshit just because he's asked to, right. um, this was Zach speaking far more strongly and loudly than I think I've ever seen him do in a very meaningful way about what he thinks this organization can do. And, um, that to me was the biggest takeaway there. Yeah. He watched the first <laughs> first round like we didn't said wow exactly yeah like, think about that think about yeah. that yeah you know what though zach has always been one of those guys Derek broussard was like this warensky's definitely like this where if you go over to his corner of the room and you start talking he he knows everything that happened in the league last yep. night yep yep he knows every guy who's playing on every line he knows he knows depth charts. He knows power plays. He knows yep. the setup each team uses. He is as big a hockey fan as he is a hockey player. In a in a very smart, I really like the way he thinks the game. From the it little looks, that I know of it, I, right. I I appreciate it. But a lot of guys either, and I'm not, I'm never sure if they're quite fully telling the truth or not. They don't watch a ton of hockey away from the rink. Well, sure. I mean, get away from it. Yeah. Which I get that too. Yeah, hundred percent. And Broussard was always like this. He would always be like, "Did you see the Ottawa Carolina game last night?" And you're like, "Hell yep. no." He's like, "Oh, I, I watched the first two periods of it. Did you see so and so? Did like, wow, he's just so into it." Yes. But the stuff with Wierenski too. It's like, well, Detroit's his hometown. Well, there are lots of NHL players who grew up in NHL cities. Tons of them. They don't all yearn to go back home. Well, Dylan Larkin is his friend. Well, there are tons of guys with tons of friends in other rooms. Right. Like really good friends. Jared Bowles' best friend for the longest time was James Neal. And that was never a thing. He's going to go to Dallas to play with Neal. I mean, it, anyways, it's just a strange. It, was, it always got weird to me. Um, yeah, I agree. But uh, and so the last thing, and, and this this should not, we, we got to be we gentle with this because it's a it's a somber. It's a somber story, but it would it's it's a part of the Blue Jackets summer. That's it, it, one of the reasons this summer will always sort of stand apart is the death of Matisse Kivleniak's uh, July 4th fireworks mishap at the home of goaltending coach Manny Legacy. Um, happy to hear that, that uh, Manny Legacy appears to be doing okay. Uh, that's from within the organization. Spoke with Elvis. You mentioned the the Q and A we posted with Elvis uh, just yesterday or two days ago. Now, when you hear this, he seems to be doing okay with it. He has sought help to to uh, help him through it. But Matisse Klivleniak is going to be a big part of the team this summer. I'm not sure what they're planning to do to commemorate him. Obviously, the season was over when it happened, so one assumes there will be some public. Uh, remembrance of him in Nationwide Arena before a game, uh, perhaps initials on a 
sweater, a number on a sweater. Um, not sure how they handle it, but it's something to watch for. And it's, it's, it's one thing that the summer will always be remembered for, Allison. Yes. And, you know, there are the, the tactical implications. This it was part of why there are still two same goaltenders on this roster as well. Um, it changed, it changed how this organization looked at its depth. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, um, this, this, when we talk about the human side of, of any organization, be it a sport organization or other, um, we lose sight of that sometimes. And I think that with some of the challenges that have been lobbied at this franchise of people wanting to stay and negotiations and this and that, I think that, um, out of tragedy, there are some beautiful lessons to be grabbed for those who who are looking for them. And I think rediscovering the value in one another and, and another fellow man or woman is 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 huge. Um, getting some perspective there, and I, I think that you know I personally took a lot away from Elvis's comments on why part of why he was comfortable with losing his friend because he never wasted an opportunity to connect with him and to share what he thought. Um, and you already said this, but I thought it was really important and valuable that Elvis came out and said, he's, he's talking to a medical professional. That's huge. Um, you know, I think that to, to see the humanity and to open the door as publicly as, as these players and this organization have done to their grief, um, is hopefully not only going to help them, but is going to help a lot of people, even those who maybe aren't directly connected to this organization. And, you know, I think that it, it's it's the things that have nothing to do with a player's stat sheet or a salesman's quotas or, or however one's job performance is measured that, in my opinion, are the measure of a human. And I think we learned a lot about Matisse Kivlenix that we didn't know before. And, and, and it's a great testament to him that he'll be remembered for so many wonderful things above and beyond playing a silly position in a silly game on a bunch of frozen water. Right. We also learned a lot about the people around him and the way that mm-hmm. they came together and handled that, you know, hundred percent. And like Elvis said, it's something that's going to be with him for a long time. Who knows, who knows how and where, or if it's going to resurface at some point. Sure. Um, but he also has vowed to win the Vesna trophy for him. Loved it. Love it. Absolutely. That's no, that's not a small trophy. No, nope. uh, it's very a, large. It's yeah. very large. So check that out. Thanks for listening, folks. It's good to be back. Uh, we're going to be hitting every week now. Next week, we'll we'll preview Traverse City, which, Allison, this year will have something that the Blue Jackets haven't had up there in a few years. A game on Sunday. Well, I was thinking prospects. Oh. Ha! I've got, listen, I've just got my list. Over. You don't understand how much it stresses me out when I can't go to my favorite Traverse City Eats. You know me. I always have my list of places I have to go to. I know. So I'm, there, I, I'm there for the hockey. Well, that too, but come on, how much fun are the, how much fun are the NFL watch parties I organize on the off day? My wife's there for the wine. Well, she's a smart woman. Well, yeah. I mean, except for that whole who she married thing. I, that's, I was going ah. to go there. I was going to go there. <laughs> um, hey, thanks for listening, Allison. I'll see you up in, in uh, beautiful Michigan. Uh, good. But not, not until we talk first here. Sounds like a plan. And before we let you go, let me let me pass this on to you. A special Wednesday episode of the Athletic Hockey Show this week. Dan Robson talks to the great Wayne Gretzky about his former teammate, friend, and mentor, 
Ace Bailey, who perished along with nearly 3,000 others on September 11, 2001. So make sure you, you tune in for that. That should be uh, poignant and, and uh, memorable. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.